it's just been you and me. I don't think have we had a podcast <laughs> with just you and me before. I'm not sure, but it's also been a while since we've had just discussions with you and me. <laughs> Old school. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to episode 37 of the Game Explained Real Talk podcast. As you can probably tell, it's just me and Andre today. Ash is very busy in crunch time with his um, art book work. and uh, so he claims. Kinda, or so he claims. I mean, he might be going insane. We're not sure. But, uh, yeah, he should be back next week because things have just been kind of hectic. Like, has he gotten any sleep at all? I don't think he ever gets sleep. I don't think he actually does sleep. <laughs> that is true. He's just <laughs> working or playing games at all times. I mean, he'll, like, message us during the night. It's like 3, 4, 5 a.m. when I check the messages the next day. I'm like, dude, what were you doing? still doing up, man? That's <laughs> or, or better yet, what were you doing expecting a response at that time? I'll, like, wake up and you guys will have full conversations. And I'll look at my time. It's, like, 4 a.m. And it's, like, still 1 a.m. for you guys. It's like, what the heck? <laughs> It, it, it's kind of crazy, but um, what have you been up to this week, Andre? I've just been covering the heck out of the NES Classic. Um, that's basically been it, so it's cool. Um, I should have had the review going up pretty soon, I think. I'm not sure exactly when yet. But By the uh, time this goes up on Monday, it's a, so... Yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's neat. I mean, I knew that before from the preview events. It's exactly what you think it is. It's a little NES that plays 30 games, so... And the most shocking thing is, it's something I didn't really appreciate at the Nintendo preview events, probably because they set it up in such a way that the NES was right next to you when I was playing it. Uh, and that's the fact that the cord is so freaking short. Like, that controller cord is ridiculously short. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's something you I didn't really understand until I got it myself. I'm like, damn, the thing is really like stupidly short um i I really wonder like how many cents they're saving doing it that way (laughs) like why why is it so short but other than that it's it's a really cool thing i have i mean i did see that there is an extender that's coming out which that's gonna be a must buy uh, accessory Mm -hmm. because i'm looking i look at my setup i either have to have cords going out to my like little ottoman where my, my my chair is and just put the nes classic there and then set up that way or get one of those extenders and have to get up every time I want to change a game. It's It seems like the biggest oversight of the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I could just give my whole review here, but there are yeah, there are, <laughs> there are a couple of oversights um, with it. And I, I don't even know if, if oversights is the right word, because I'm pretty sure it was all intentional. It's more mm-hmm. like they just didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. But besides but, that, like, everything else about it is pretty slick and pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it all works fine, so... <laughs> I gotta ask, because I, I was watching your uh, video that was 60 seconds of each game, and I didn't watch the whole thing, because, you know, I, have, I was working on my own stuff. But I did watch up to the point where you played Castlevania. Have you ever played Castlevania before? No, uh, I mean, I think I might have, like, briefly, like, as a kid. like Because I was like, watching you go past all the, like, torches and not hitting them with your uh, whip in order to get the upgrades. And I'm like, what is he doing? Oh, no, I actually, I actually knew that. I mean, because I was doing that. I started doing that, I think, later on in the video. I, the reason I wasn't doing that early on, uh, because I actually had recorded that earlier. Like, I tried a couple times, and that was the take I decided to go with. I was just trying to get as far as I could, basically. Um, uh, was that time. I mean... I mean, I've, I'm spending 60 seconds of the game. Why do I need to level up or whatever? I guess that's true, but it was just <laughs> I was like, I'm watching it as like a, somebody, you know, enjoys the original Castlevania. I'm like, what is he doing? Yeah. Play it. <laughs> so, you know. Hey, that's, I was just doing my, that was like my, the, that was like my version of my badge points only run in Paper Mario, so. <laughs> which was impressive, by the way. I, I, by the way, speaking of which, actually, I guess that's something else I can touch on. I'm getting hosed right now by this freaking shy guy in the toy box. 
Um, uh. the, the guy blocking the chest, I think, contains the, the train you need to get, you need to put back on the track. Uh, this uh. guy's kicking my ass. Um, I've tried like, I try like 10 times in a row. Because every freaking attack he does, does either 10 damage or 12 damage in total. Which means he's one shot at me with every single attack he has. I can technically defend against it to reduce that down to, I think, 9 damage. Um, the problem is my timing on that's not great. And even then, I'm not sure, I mean, it would help because that would give me twice as long to plan something, but he is kicking my ass. So I'm trying to figure out, like, I need to get that timing down and try to figure out what else I can do. Uh, because, yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm going to stick with it, though. I want to beat him without having to resort to equipping a badge that, enhance, you know, that adds more, um, you know, HP. flower power or HP, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to stick with it as long as I can. I want to max out 30 badge points before I have to move on to something else. <laughs> that is an I, that is an interesting challenge one. I've I've never heard of it, somebody doing. I'm sure somebody has up to this point. I mean, everybody's tried every kind of challenge at this point, but I I couldn't do it. <laughs> I, I probably I'm I'm amazed that you've made it as far as you have. I, I play the game so many times now. I'm like, you know, I should try mixing things up. And I always like in the I mentioned on the stream the reason I wanted to do it this way because I like I really like the bad system. The bad system is really fun. It's actually probably my favorite part about Paper Mario's battle system. The battles themselves are eh, whatever. The bad system is fun though, and seeing how that how that affects the battles. Um, but I always fall back on the same badges over and over and over because I I mean at least for me I feel like there's a pretty optimal setup. And I'm again falling back on that to some degree. But by going badge only, it is really forcing me to think about which badges I want to equip and making me equip other badges I may not even really bothered with before like now i have the one equipped that causes damage to every enemy every time they touch me um which is really handy because it's basically inflicting one damage every time they attack which is uh extremely useful when you're dealing with you know having no hp yourself so (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's i mean it's an interesting challenge i mean i i I definitely couldn't do it i mean i've only played it once but i still don't know if i could do it because it would just take so many endless retries on my end just get good that's really what you have to do is just get I mean, good at the game it's been pretty smooth sailing so far it's only been this freaking shy guy now like the first times i ever died was you saw them on the stream i died to koopa jr and or jr cooper whatever and um i think oh and and tubba Bloba, i think if i remember correctly or some someone around there uh, it's only the shy guy now is being a massive dick to me so <laughs> <laughs> uh that i i do i I think that is kind of when the difficulty does ramp up in Paper Mario. Yeah, after the third star, I think. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's an interesting challenge. I'm, I'm actually trying to think what have I what have I done this week? I guess there is a few things I've done. Um, I guess last night I went and saw Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, how was it? A good movie or was it just a good Marvel movie? <laughs> For you, I think it'd be just a good Marvel movie. Um, the thing is, I mean, even it does. They have this down to a f- formula now, and you I can know. really, really feel the formula, especially with this one. That's, that that's, see, that's strange, because it seems like going off the trailers, this one would be the one to mix it up more than any other. I, I, as I saw one review put it, it's Iron Man with magic. Oh my god. But You are killing any potential interest I had, and let me be clear, there was, there was very little. But. Yeah, that's why I'm not really feeling bad about killing your interest. No. That, that said, I, I enjoy the Marvel formula. I, I can get into it. I mean, they're still generally good movies, but, you know, they had another half-baked villain. They had uh, the, the, you know... The jo- typical jokey stuff in there, and there was some really good stuff. And I think what happens is that you know we have another character that's all about arrogance, learning humility through this new power. Uh, but the thing that does save this 
like that really stands out about Doctor Strange is the visuals. Like I know they mostly stick with the Inception type stuff with the city going all over. There is some much crazier imagery in there, okay. and it is beautiful to look at. I only saw it in 2D. I kind of want to go back and see it in 3D because I did enjoy it. I'm not saying this is a bad movie. This is a good movie with some great moments. And uh, I, I like what kind of world they're opening up for Marvel. Like the interaction between Doctor Strange and different heroes should be actually be quite interesting. And the final battle, both uh, there was two basically two sections of it. Uh, the final battle was interesting in their own ways. Like the way he wins in the end is completely different than anything else I've seen from a Marvel movie, which is nice. You know, they are changing up some things. So it doesn't end in a giant citywide battle with spaceships flying all over the place or some kind of invading force? Nope. All right. Well, kudos, Marvel. <laughs> you figured out how to do something different. So I like how even uh, freaking Ant-Man basically ends in a city, albeit a miniature one, but... <laughs> so. That is true. Yeah. A city is involved, but it's not in the way you think. It, it's, it's, it's interesting what they do with it. I, I will say that. The, the, my, actually, my biggest problem with it overall was uh, – I'm just going off of what you promised you'd probably have with it. I can sort of go over them, but I do recognize uh, the issues. But there, there's a pacing issue where you're going into the training and getting all this interesting stuff about learning about this – magical world and how they do all this stuff and all of a sudden like there's this moment where all of a sudden the bad guys attack and he's stuck in like these crazy battles and i'm like wait 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 when did this happen like it was just this jarring transition where it, we got does it feel all a little bit like forced awakens but i felt like force awakens kind of felt like that too a little bit to me where you know you had this introduction to these characters and they're all of a sudden thrown into these really uh pretty these serious scenarios that they have no problems coping with. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'd say it's not, uh, it's a little worse now. Cause I didn't notice that. Like the, I noticed it with Dr. Strange. I didn't notice that quite so much with star Wars. I felt like there was a more of a flow. This one is literally bad guys attack. And you haven't really heard from these bad guys other than one scene, uh, before that, like before the beginning, uh, there was only two scenes before that where they actually showed up and you get one scene where they're sort of set up and something happens and all of a sudden they're attacking and it's like, what's going on? Mm. <laughs> and, and then you eventually settle into it. And there are there's actually some good character moments in here as well. So it's not a bad – it's like this is not a bad movie. I, I, I did enjoy it. But there are issues. So if you have a problem with the Marvel formula, other than the visuals, I don't think it's going to change up too much from that. So take that as you will. I'm taking that as uh, Derek has a complaint about a movie, meaning I'll hate it. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. There's very, I mean, you are a much harsher critic than I am. <laughs> I feel like life is too short, Derek, for just generally good movies. I only want great movies or movies that have potential to be great. I see it as a way to get out of the house and enjoy myself. <laughs> so. Enough. <laughs> that's you know I'll take it and you know there's there's worse things I like let's put it this way last week uh, when I was working on the on the all the Pokemon stuff from that latest trailer I got invited by my friends to go see um, Inferno and I was like no I got to work and I was like oh thank God I don't have to go see that <laughs> I don't know what that movie is I haven't heard of that that that's the uh, movie based on the that's the third movie based on the fourth. Dan Brown novel, so the Da Vinci. Code oh yeah, that's gonna be bad. All that. So <laughs> yeah, they they came back. It was like that was a terrible movie. Yeah. So it's like 
I know which movies to stay away from at least. I can right. at least get generally good ones. Uh, so there's that. But I also uh, just took the time to finally finish Dragon Quest Builders. And I really enjoyed that game. Nice. Uh, uh, it had so much more story than I was expecting. Like I knew it had like like a mission structure, but I did not expect like character development and stories and things that happened and actual stakes. And I'm like, huh. That's kind of cool to take that sort of idea of re- like literally rebuilding the world, mix it in with the Minecraft stuff, give it a proper plot, and go through it. I don't think it has the f- quite the freedom. Uh, granted, I didn't do the free play mode where you can just sort of build whatever uh, at all. I just mainly stuck with the story. But I don't think it has the freedom of Minecraft, but I still think there's enough there that I was, you know, I got really into recreating, making towns, building places, making it all look nice and... Uh, having it all just work out, I, I got really into it. So yeah, I, uh, I mean, it makes sense that we have the freedom of Minecraft. I mean, you mentioned it had a story, right? So once you add mm-hmm. a story, there's really no way to have the kind of freedom Minecraft has. But that's just completely free for them. Mm. Yeah, it's not like Minecraft where you can just dig down like so far in order to get to uh, like these underground caverns. Like you'll see caverns where you can get some mining stuff, but if you try to dig directly down. You'll eventually hit rock bottom within a few squares, so it's not like you can just dig endlessly. Endlessly, it's more of a sprawling game. But even then, it's mixed up with items, and yeah, I, I, maybe the free play mode is uh, again more open because each, with each chapter you unlock, you get more recipes and stuff that you can do within that mode. But on the whole, I still think like if you're not into Minecraft, but you're still kind of interested in the concept or, or want more structure around it, Dragon Quest Builders is a really good. Um, uh, go between you know game for that uh, that actually sounds kind of interesting because i i tried minecraft when they you know there was that well i guess there's always a zeitgeist around it but you <laughs> know, during during the early days when you know everyone was talking about it and i i gave it a good three to four hours i think i'm like i don't get it or it wasn't even that i mean i i got it it's like i have no interest in what's happening here mm-hmm. um i felt like the complete lack of structure or goals uh just made it so I didn't. I didn't have fun with that. I'm like I. I'm not having fun digging and looking at material. You know, finding materials for, for no material gain, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe perhaps yeah. only literal material gain. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I can. I guess you know, I can see why people enjoy building stuff in it. That didn't hold much interest for me. So I, you know, I'd rather play. I'd rather build stuff in a game with better tools than Minecraft. I suppose. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it didn't do anything for me. So the fact that there's a version of that, or you know, a game like that with more structure, actually does sound like it might hold more appeal to me. Yeah, that, that's pretty much how I was. I tried out Minecraft, and I could, I could see the fun in it. And I could see how people would love love the openness and the different things you can do, and the sort of challenges you can make for yourself. And I know this whole there's this whole thing where you craft your way to fight a boss called the Elder Drag, El, the Elder Dragon, and beat the game that way, I guess. But, you know, it's not immediately apparent. You just get dropped in. And there's, I like having a little bit more structure. I don't mind the openness. I mean, obviously I've said I'm not the biggest open world games, but I do like a little bit of structure to guide me along, and that's what Builders provided me. Sounds like we're agreed. Yep, but uh, the final thing I got to try out, and I only, I've only played a little bit of it, but I've heard about this game for a little bit now, especially now that it's closer to release, because... Um, <clears throat> Owlboy came out this week. Have you heard about this indie this indie game? I only heard about it, but I saw someone. I think there's a webcomic about it, or, or no? Did Arby's? Arby's did something about it. Man, freaking Arby's, yes. man! That's that's <laughs> how you get the word about Arby's. Just do what they do—a bunch of a papercraft or whatever, like you know, just video game 
parodies, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. It's like, how did Arby's end up with two fun... Like, Why are we talking really about intense? Arby's right now? I, I don't know, because they have freaking... The, the main shit thing was like, okay, we're going to tap into this demographic for some reason. And then we have Nihilist Arby's, which is just funny as all get out. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I have no idea. I'm not even a huge fan of Arby's. Uh, is anyone? <laughs> I, good point. I know. Uh, <laughs> Some people might must be, but John um, John Stewart wasn't. I guess that's true. But even they even they sort of embraced that. Like I, I think Arby's has kind of a good humor about themselves. They do at the very least. Actually, what my ex girlfriend is like super into Arby's. Like she would get she would get excited. If you just said the name Arby's, she would get so excited about. It. I'm like, what is? What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, I remember like uh, as a kid, their um, my family would take us to Arby's and I'd get one of their roast beef sandwiches. But the thing is, they pack in the roast beef so much that you don't feel like you're getting anything within the sandwich. So I'd actually take the time to, uh, to take off the bun, take off all, unfold all the meat, and then put the meat back on. So I actually felt like I had something on the bun. Unfold the meat. I don't know. This, just saying it that way sounds so gross. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to deny it. <laughs> but but yeah, I tried out Owlboy, which apparently has been in development for eight years. Wow. Trying to get to this point. And I think that's longer oh, than most owls live. No, so I, I, I know nothing about an owl's lifespan, so I don't, I don't I'm probably either. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this game is charming as hell. It is, like, I've only gotten up to the first boss, which is maybe an hour into the game. Uh, maybe, probably less, because I was taking time to explore and all that, but... Uh, the game is gorgeous. Like this is some of the best pixel art I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Music is just serene, and the characters so far are really charming. I'm I'm kind of curious how they're going to get into it because your character is uh, able to fly and do a spin attack, but that spin attack can't kill enemies. I can only stun them. So what you're actually what it seems like you're going to do is you're going to meet different allies along the way. Different and you can actually, allies. Ah, I get you. <laughs> and each one has different abilities, and you can control that character when you're holding them. So it becomes like the one, the one, the first one you get is has a gun. So it becomes the sort of twin stick shooter as you're trying to avoid enemies while shooting shooting at the same time. And when he got to the boss, I had to drop him in order to. <clears throat> Hit the boss in order to knock off a shield. Go back immediately, pick him up, and start shooting him as that as that boss tried to get its shield back, so it'd be invulnerable. Uh, fortunately, you don't have to worry about allies' health or anything anything like that. You have to say allies. Al- yeah, allies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it left a really good first impression. I'm looking forward to hopefully playing more of it, uh, getting through. And uh, I'm not sure how long the game is or anything like that. But I th- I think now that I've beaten builders, that's probably going to be my main focus. Is Hopefully, getting through Owlboy because uh, it's a bit more expensive than I expected. Um, for especially for an indie game, like indie games, I, I expect them in the range of like fifteen bucks, but it was actually twenty five on Steam. How but, entitled of you, Derek? This game took eight years to hey, make. Did I? I did. I'm just saying, I was surprised by it. I willingly dropped the money because of how, how much, like good praise it's getting you just sound you just sound totally ungrateful to me that's i know <laughs> so i know apparently hey. owls can live up to 38 years in captivity or at least uh great horned owls so that's that's a lot longer than i expected <laughs> way to be wrong andre 13 <laughs> you're only 13 years in the wild so uh, i wasn't that far off uh, okay <laughs> but no I, I it's you know pc only but i i definitely just on that first impression alone i'd highly recommend checking it out Cool. Good to hear. Yeah, sounds pretty neat. I had literally hadn't heard of it before, what, two days ago, so. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, it was one of those things like, I heard about a long time ago, and then it just sort of because it took forever to come out, I just got forgot about it. Yeah, that so, happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, let's go ahead and get to the news. we got a few topics in here. And uh, the first one up is that Pokemon Go has is getting daily bonuses. I mean, that's good. It's also, I feel like, too late. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much how I feel. <laughs> I mean, it's... I- it's so weird. I'm sure there's a pretty strong baseline there, mm-hmm. but I feel like I mean, if you're playing now, like, what's the incentive anymore? Like, I think the thing with Pokemon or Pokemon Go was that everyone was doing it. That's why it was fun. The core gameplay itself isn't that great, uh, and now you're. I mean, now they added basically a reward treadmill, right? You know, you come back every day, you get a reward mm-hmm. um, or a daily bonus, as they're calling it, and that's the incentive to keep playing it every day now. And I don't even know what those rewards are, by the way, so maybe you can enlighten me to that. Um, uh, I think, like, extra candy and Stardust and that, and that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, I feel like once once a game burned through, it's, like, that the, just, the you know, everyone, like, it being everywhere, there's, there's no point. I mean, there's no intrinsic reward in that game, except for these daily bonuses now. And again, like, it's not going to bring me back. Yeah. I mean, it was it was fun catching them, but then I caught was all it? the Pokemon in my air. Well, it, it was because I would see the new ones, and it'd be exciting because of that one and involving evolving them, and I that kept me going. And there was a social aspect of it as well. You know, I would already see. I would say it was only the social aspect that was fun. Like nothing about the capture process was actually fun itself. Um, you're just you're just flicking balls. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna leave that go. Yep. <laughs> I mean, let uh, me ask you this. I guess if you if you had picked up the game now, uh, when as far as I can tell, like no one around me is playing it anymore, uh, would you still? Do you think it would still have been as fun as it was when you were playing it? Probably not. I mean, the last time I well, the thing is, it is kind of fun to see new Pokemon. Uh, I mean, but I'm also a Pokemon fan, so that affects me. Because uh, when I went to the beach, I was in a new area. I was getting a ton of different Pokemon, so that felt good. Now, it probably also helped that I was with friends who were also playing it, so there was also that social aspect that was there. So it was, I guess, yeah, you're right. I probably would have dropped, would have just dropped it by now or just not gone into it. But granted, it, it lasted a little bit longer than most mobile games for me, but it still didn't last that long. And who knows? Maybe if they decide to add in the uh, Gen 2 Pokemon, it might revive it a little bit, but... I, I, I think this is a fascinating example of a, a team just dropping the ball with maintaining maintaining interest. Dropping the Pokeball? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure no one saw that one coming. No, totally not. Um, Yeah, yeah I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to be completely negative on Pokemon Go because, I mean, what they accomplished was amazing. I'll get, I mean, give them full credit for that. Like, there has been no single mobile game. That had that level of attention, or any game, I was at any game ever, like not even mobile game. There's been no single game in the history of mankind, or at least video game, <laughs> or really probably any game that has had that level of attention around it. At, at I mean, there were news, constant news stories about this game. It was ridiculous. I don't even know if we'll ever see anything like that again. That was off the charts. Um, and the, honestly, there were, it was impossible. There was no way you could sustain that level of attention. For more than a few weeks. I mean, it was always going to burn out to some degree. Now, mm-hmm. with that said, I agree with you. They could have done better to, you know, kept it even more in the public eye than they did. But no matter what, it was going to flame out. It was going to flame out hard, no matter what. <laughs> um, yeah. There's no avoiding that. Like, it, 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 yeah. So, anyways, I mean, hats off to them for that. Uh, I just wish the core gameplay itself was more compelling. Um, and I think that may have also helped keep people. Because once you, 
you know, once people start playing, or once you reach 151 Pokemon, there's literally no point to keep playing anymore. And I think adding Gen 2 would would bring some people back. That would give it a little bit of a boost. But we've, I think it's it's heyday is now well behind us. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which it happens, but yep. at least they're still working at it, I guess. So who knows? Maybe it'll become get to a point where it's actually compelling on its own. But who knows? Nope. But, um, <laughs> well, speaking of Pokemon, we also got uh, a new fighter for Pokemon Tournament, Krogunk, which nobody really expected because the, the three leaked fighters were, uh, were, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name, but, uh, basically, and Polion, Scizor, and I'm... Darkrai. Oh, jeez, I was losing it. <laughs> um, and, you know, there was no sign of this Krogunk around. And lo and behold, there he is. And he's kind of like a, a a trickster character, a trollish character, because he's just sort of that. And it, it's kind of caught, caught everybody off guard. Now, granted, there is still a spot available, so Empoleon is likely still in the game. I don't think this is replacing it, but he's here. <laughs> well, I, I had heard that he actually was in the league, too, but... I guess his files are different, so people wrote him off as... I don't even know the details, but I heard he was present in the original leak, but he was written off for some reason because um, well, his files I, I didn't probably, match up with the others. That could be. Uh, I could, the reason I would say is because Krogunk is already an assist Pokemon, one of those Pokemon you can call in for just a short attack or support. Then my, so I that, think it ties into that then, yeah. Yeah, then that that's probably what threw him off. Right. So in, that, in which case, I'm sure we're getting that final Pokemon too then that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the funny thing is, is you know, <laughs> this is still just for the arcade version in Japan. Uh, this doesn't affect the Wii U version at all, which, to me, says we're probably going to get a Pokémon Tournament Switch. Has the Wii U not gotten any of the DLC or any of the additional characters? None. Wow. And I think they said none of the DL- there would be no DLC for Pokémon Tournament, so... It all kind of leads to the idea that it's probably going to be a Switch game. Do we ask them about that in my interview with them? I can't remember if we asked them about No, we, we didn't ask, ask anything about Pokémon Tournament in the interview. No, 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 no. I meant when oh, I actually interviewed the Pokémon guys. Oh. I don't like, think he... I don't know if he did or not. I can't remember. Ago. It's been so long. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Switch. I mean, that kind of makes sense if for... I mean, the Wii is dead. But it also <laughs> makes sense that they're holding back in order to release a final, like, or a definitive version of Pokemon Tournament on the Switch. Mm-hmm. So I can totally see that being the case. Yeah, another en- enhanced port that we've seen hinted at in the Switch uh, reveal, so makes sense to me. Oh, wait, what do you mean hinted at? Well, I mean, Mario Kart 8 having enhanced Oh, I see what style. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, you just mean like the general theme of having yeah, uh, yeah ports. Or... Wii, U ga- Wii U ports just with more features. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, all kind of works. Um, all right, well... Next up, we had we had a direct this week, all about Animal Crossing New Leaf, uh, their Welcome Amiibo update. And I forget, did you even watch it yet? Oh, <laughs> uh, I actually watched. I, I never watch reaction videos, um, but I watched Josh's reaction video because I know he was excited for it or for anything Animal Crossing. So I watched it through that, but I didn't watch it by itself. No, oh, okay. Uh, I, I did didn't watch his, but I watched you know my watch the actual event to see if there's anything. Huge for it. It seems like nice changes for people that were already into New Leaf. Nothing really to bring me back in because I'm not even a huge Animal Crossing guy to begin with. And I know it looks fun for those who have it, but I have no Animal Crossing Amiibos. I have no none of the cards. Uh, it's just sort of 
not for me. Although I will say, like Ash, the biggest thing that caught my attention was the Puzzle League. <laughs> so Puzzle League? I mean, actually, those are, those are things that caught my attention, too. Puzzle League, as well as them bringing the best mode from Animal Crossing uh, Amiibo Festival into the game, being what, Desert Island Escape, I think it was? Yeah. Um, that game was awesome. That was really fun. And I love that cheer. But it's still dependent on Amiibo cards, right? I think so, yes. <sighs> you know, I, I have to be honest. My enthusiasm if you want to call it that for Amiibo, it's mm-hmm. completely dead. I am so over Amiibo. It's such a clunky process, and I don't think it should ever be used as like an input method, which it is in that game. And I like that I like that Desert Island game, but I, I kind of wish Amiibo weren't a thing anymore, honestly. Like, it just feels <laughs> like it complicates everything. Just, it's so, it's like, okay, I need to go out buy this Amiibo. I have to keep track of which Amiibo are compatible with which games. Um, and it, being a portable game, it's not convenient to use Amiibo with. So, granted, I play 3DS at home anyway, but... <laughs> I get what you mean, though. Yeah. I mean, there were some nice moments in here. There were some cool things they did, but, again, it, it <clears throat> this was an event that was just not for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I like New Leaf. Uh, I forget. I can't remember what I reviewed it as. Or No, I never actually finished my review for it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Where's, yeah. that, where's that second half of the review, Andre? I know. Yeah, it's never coming. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Animal Crossing, is, the, I kind of feel about Animal Crossing like I do Pokemon, right? Where I loved Gen 1, or, God, I hate saying it now, now that I know Gen 1 is a thing. <laughs> but I loved the first series, but it was so novel, and I and the reward treadmill or whatever, like, was didn't you know it wasn't an issue back then because it was such a compelling original experience but now that all subsequent games feel like i'm just doing the exact same thing or i'm just going around collecting a bunch of crap uh it no longer holds any or no longer holds much interest for me now newly if i you know again i did enjoy on some level but it just petered out like it after about a month or 60 days i can't remember how long i went with my video series uh, which also probably kept me playing longer than I would have otherwise. Uh, like it just it just peters out into nothing, where I gradually lose interest day by day by day, and as such, like it doesn't leave me with a lasting memory. Really, it's like it just kind of fades away to me. And it's like, why would I want to go back to that? <laughs> you know, why <laughs> why do I play more into New Leaf now? Like I burned out on originally. Um, th- I mean, it's cool. I mean, if you're a diehard New Leaf Animal Crossing fan great you know this is good you know I'm, I'm glad you're getting more content but it's it's not doing anything for me like i you know normally we would i mean i probably would be covering it if we uh, if i didn't have the nes classic come in the same the same day that content came out uh but as such i really have no interest in covering it otherwise yeah i mean i i picked it up because i enjoyed your videos and was like okay maybe i can actually finally get into the animal crossing and i genuinely enjoyed it for about two weeks and then i was like Okay, this is becoming work, having yeah. to go back into this town, take care of everything, collect the stuff, go back through, and just, I don't know, there was just nothing truly compelling to keep me there, and I just sort of let it fall by the wayside, and I, I don't mind my playtime with it, I enjoyed what I had with it, but it was just nothing, it was not enough to just keep me invested. See, I mean, I, I do want to stress, like, I loved Animal Crossing on the GameCube, because it was such an original experience, but there's no way to recapture that magic again. Um I mean, at least I don't think. Maybe there is. If they can, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it is because of, like each game was so similar. And granted, New Leaf did switch it up perhaps in most of all the games since the original. But even then, it's still, you know, at heart, very similar to the original game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, at, that, at this point, like, I don't think I can ever get, like, completely absorbed in that series again. Yeah. But, hey, if you're excited for this stuff and it's, you're enjoying it, great. <laughs> that is awesome. But, anyway... Uh, well, we, ha- we had talked about a 
Cruisin' Revival at arcades. And Hell <laughs> yeah, Cruisin'. <laughs> and this time we found out that apparently there's going to be a Daytona USA 3 arcade machine coming out. It's called Daytona 3 Championship USA. And it's coming to arcades. And have you ever played Daytona USA? Is that the one that you could you could that had like the eight uh, systems linked up? Um, like in the arcades, you get all raced at the same time. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Then that hell yeah, I have played a bunch of that. That's super mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, it's the one with, like with the Sonic logo right, or the Sega logo on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I played that. So. Yeah. No, I, I remember. I have fond memories of Daytona USA because I played it on the Saturn. I never. I maybe saw it once or twice in the arcades. Oh, you're missing and- out, man. The arcades where it's at. Yeah, I know, but I, I enjoyed the Saturn version because the the funny thing is, is I was actually well, my family was really into NASCAR when I was growing up, so I knew the whole Daytona thing, and it was into that, and I had the special wheel that you could get for the Saturn and use that to drive and have more of an arcade experience, like by using the actual wheel. Uh, it was a good time. I, I really enjoyed that game, so it's actually kind of cool. Like if I see it, I'll definitely try it out. Uh, because apparently they're like they have the three classic courses as well as three new ones. So yeah, you know it, it's funny how basic it is, but it's still just tons of fun. I mean, it's yeah, I mean it's an arcade game, right? So it's it's going to be basic. I mean, I'm just happy I never see an announcement of any kind of new arcade game. <laughs> it's like oh, arcades yeah. are still around. Thanks, Dave and Buster's. Yeah, seriously, it's like let's start branching these out. I want a Dave and Buster's somewhere near me. Oh man, there's nothing nothing near you at all, or not. Really, I mean, there's the, what the, the closest I have is there's these places that have a bunch of old arcade games. Like there's right. one like a, about an hour away from me, another one about half an hour, uh, where you could pay a certain amount of money and play for a certain amount of time. But when I went there the one time, like I, I don't know if they took the best can, can care of all their their arcade machines because a lot of them like either they didn't work or the controls were kind of busted. Like there's a few that's kind of worked out, but yeah, it was like man, I wanted to play this, but it just you know, you're kind of messing up. So, not, unfortunately, not a any no great options for me. Yeah, maintenance is surprisingly important <laughs> with barcades. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, barcades. I feel like are kind of having you know they're they're a thing now, whereas I don't think they were so much ten years ago. Maybe so. It feels like they are having like a mild resurgence at least. At least you know if you're in the city, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a couple of barcades you know around my area, so that's always fun to drop by and play some classic games, but. You know, they don't really focus so much on new games, um, which I think really is pretty much limited to Dave and Buster's as far as I know. And maybe <laughs> like the one game works left in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, well, I, I guess in Seattle, Seattle has a game works too. Yeah. My, my bet, my closest experience to arcades were when I went to the boardwalk, uh, down in, when I when family vacationed in Delaware and, uh, there'd be a couple different arcades and I get to try out stuff. Most of it was like tick ticket games, but they had a few occasional arcade ones. A lot of time crisis. Oh, <laughs> Which, yeah. There's a pretty good... Um, actually, yeah, the boardwalk down in uh, Santa Cruz here has a pretty great... Pretty pretty good arcade, too. They have, like, the, you know, that new Star Wars... I was gonna call it Battlefront. It's not Battlefront. It's that <laughs> giant pod you sit in, you know, and... Oh, uh, okay. You shoot TIE Fighters. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, speaking of racing, uh, this was a... A little bit of an interesting uh, bit of news. So Mario Kart 8, there are crowd sounds in uh, the TV, the Mario Kart TV, I believe it was called. I never used the functionality, I'll be honest. Uh, but somebody like heard the crowd sounds and they was wondering like what they're from because they sound like actual people. And what Nintendo did was basically record a crowd or get a crowd sound effect and then 
um, reversed it and kind of distorted it. And he restored it back to the way it originally was. And you can hear somebody in the background swearing. Yeah, so to clarify, I think they restored it by playing it backwards and then slowing it down. So Nintendo had reversed it and sped it up, um, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, that's kind of unexpected. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it makes sense. Like, you know, uh, I mean, that's how, like, the chipmunks are just sped up people talking, or just sped up talking, and Nintendo basically did the same thing and just reversed it, and maybe sped up even more, I think. So, I mean, I think it's fun. I mean, it's funny, like, that there's a swear word in a Nintendo game if you go through this process. Uh, It's kind of funny when you break it down this way, though. Like, it does kind of... I don't know. It takes us like a little bit of magic away. It's like, oh, this is just like a standard thing they recorded. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's not. It's not a big deal at all. But like, it is interesting to see that process and what they did and how it's just like normal people talking <laughs> to <laughs> to get the me's uh, to get that me sound effect. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of funny to see that. And of of, of course, if that happens, there's going to be somebody swearing in the background. Uh, the more su- people talk. Well, the more surprised. Well, I mean, actually, that kind of brings up a point. I was surprised that it wasn't English. You would think that if they had recorded themselves, it might be in Japanese, uh, since That's it was true. developed in Japan. So I do. So I do wonder if maybe it was just a like a you know from some kind of sound resource uh, that with just tons of sound samples you can download although one wonders if even they know if they're swearing and if that's the case <laughs> i mean they may have had someone to add like nintendo america recorded too i mean who knows um mm. and to be fair i mean it, i mean that's a lot of work to get that <laughs> so you would you know, like to get to that to figure out that there's a swear word in that oh so. yeah the game's been out for what three years and no one's figured it out until now so yeah so mm. It was still kind of hard to hear. I had to listen to it multiple times for me to finally catch it. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh boy, it was just kind of a neat Easter egg, I guess it would be classified as. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, but so. uh, <laughs> uh, our final bit of news this week uh, is the it's kind of weird. Um, the director of Deadpool, you know, who was recently split, is not going to be directing the sequel is now helping with the development of the live-action CG Sonic the Hedgehog movie. He's not the director. He's just helping out with the development of it. You know, there is no way this movie is going to be good, just purely based on the fact it's a live-action CG hybrid. Mm -hmm. There's no way. It's impossible. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to think of good examples, but no, you're right. It's... I, it makes you a little bit more confident because the guy. I mean, did you like Deadpool? Did you go see it? I, I did. No, I, I like Deadpool. Um, I, I I think it is a little bit overhyped by everyone, but it it is good. <laughs> so it's weird that he's going on to this project. I don't know. I mean, this is the kind of project I feel like I won't actually believe until it's actually out. Like I won't. I, I I'm not confident this is going to be fully that this will be finished. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not sure. I, I feel like it's so much, uh, such a better idea to just make it full CG. Why because, would you? Be, uh, yeah, especially since they've they did a short uh, that called Night of the Werehog, and that's really good. It's just sort of like this old classic uh, silent cartoon uh, where they don't talk at all. They just sort of have this fun little story, kind of Looney Tune esque uh, in that way, or the opening movie of Sonic Unleashed, which is freaking gorgeous. Like Sonic, there have been some really amazing Sonic, uh, CG cutscenes. So why not take that and run with it and make a full blown story? Because you have these actors that people love. People only think of Eggman, like 
Mike Pollock and Eggman are hand in hand. Nobody like even though you had Dean B- uh, Bristow for the original Sonic Adventures, uh, Mike Pollock has sort of replaced that idea in a lot of people's minds. I mean, like he is the definitive Eggman, and by going live action, you're not going to have him. It, it which sucks. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could dub over. <laughs> <laughs> the reactor. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know what they're doing here. I don't know why they. I mean, Sonic's art style doesn't mesh at all with the real world. So we've seen examples of how it we does. have seen examples of this. <laughs> I, I had instant flashbacks of that infamous cutscene now, Sonic kissing that you know real world girl or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, was that Sonic 2006? I think. Yeah, Sonic 06. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah. I mean. <laughs> In a long string of bad Sonic ideas, this makes sense. <laughs> but, you know, when I it mean, seems like they may be turning it around with Mania and potentially Sonic 2017, it's... There's no way this is good. There's just no way this can be good. That's... It's impossible. <laughs> to be fair, we've yet to achieve a truly good video game movie. I mean, so. actually, that's true. Maybe they're bracing it. Maybe they're like, you know what? There is no way this can be good. Let's just go all in. <laughs> if this movie, like, knows it's going to be a piece of crap and is ironic about it, Okay, maybe that'll work. <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're taking that angle, though. Probably Although you, know, it is you know, it is a Deadpool director, though, and that's what that was basically Deadpool, right? It was all about that tongue-in-cheek, self-referential humor. Maybe I mean, wouldn't that be wild? I mean, I guess that is to bring it back. I guess that is maybe the saving grace here. This movie is aware of exactly what it is. That's the only way this could work. The problem is though, that's not what Sonic fans want. Sonic fans, I don't think, want a self-aware, ironic Sonic movie, right? I mean, there would be, like, little winks and nods I think they're okay with, but I don't know if a full-blown, like, ha-ha, how, look how silly this is thing people will like. Because, you know, there needs to be some love for the property, you know? Right. I mean, does he, I mean, do you know if, is uh, is a Deadpool director, like, a, does he play games at all, or? I have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I have no idea how that's going to end up, but... We shall see. It's just it's just kind of interesting to go from, like, M-rated Deadpool to family-friendly Sonic. You know, maybe he was looking for a challenge, and this might be the ultimate one. <laughs> I guess so. Oh, boy. But that's all the news for this week, so let's go ahead and jump into our uh, topics. As always suggested by our Patreon backers, for just $1 a month, you can uh, – uh, Get the podcast three days early every Friday and, of course, make these suggestions for topics. So uh, because Ash is not here this week, we decided to uh, grab two each. So, Andre, you want to start us off? Sure. So Wallace 20 or 21 – no, not 21, 12. Wallace 212 <laughs> is asking, how do you organize your discussions? How do you approach guests to join the discussions? Do you make a video call and do you chat beforehand about what you're going to talk about or just go straight in? Um, so – uh, I think it's an interesting question, if only because it's something we haven't really talked about at all. I mean, for us, it's so it's so mundane. Like I wouldn't <laughs> ever think of, to talk about it. That's why I do think it is interesting. People might be, you know, people want maybe want to know, or maybe only Walrus. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I will answer you, Walrus. Though, so the way we go about it is, um, we basically just hit up people we think might be interested. So uh, we, if it's someone, you know, we already so now we have a pretty wide pool of people we can we can go to about discussions. Before we had that pool, we would just hit up people on Twitter. Um, yeah, I guess generally on Twitter, we'd be like, "Hey, do you want to appear in a discussion?" And then now that you know, then we 
we uh, exchanged Skype information, so now they're now on our Skype list. And so in the future, we're going to hit them up again on Skype or maybe via Twitter direct message if there's a discussion we think they'd be good for. So as for how we figure out who we think would be good for a discussion, I mean, I guess now sometimes we do bounce ideas back and forth. Like even today, we're, we're going to be doing a discussion on Splatoon, and me and Derek are like, hey, who do you think would be good for this? Um, and then once we figure out you know who that is, and even then it's not always that much of a process. Sometimes I'll just hit up people. I'll be like, hey, you want to talk about this? <laughs> I mean, oftentimes it's, who, it's who's available too because you know we're all, we're all mostly YouTubers. We all have busy lives. Uh, and often it, people, you know, people usually are pretty accommodating for us, uh, which is great. Uh, but you know, if that's not the case and we have to sometimes, you know, find, you know, other people who might be interested in the, in the subject. But yeah, once we figure out who we want on, we hit them up. If they're, if they're all good, uh, then we get, we start a Skype call. Um, and we, we generally chat for a few minutes, um, Sometimes go over some of our thoughts. We actually try to avoid going too in depth, though, because we don't want to spoil the magic of you know of thoughts that pop up organically during the discussion. We don't want to spoil those moments. Um, we don't want to you know find out how we fully feel on something before you know without talking about it and recording it. Because there have been a couple of times where like a, th- a thought comes up in the pre-discussion. It's like, well, man, I wish I, had, I wish we had discussed that in the actual discussion <laughs> um, because some you know we may forget to bring it up later on, or it just may not come up in a way that's organic or natural. So, yeah, um, and then we just, we, uh, something I've seen a lot of people wonder is, hey, how do you guys get such good Skype quality in general? Not always all good Skype quality, but how, or how do you get good quality in your discussions? And that's because we have everyone recorded on their own end. Um, because what a lot of people do, which is easier, is they just record on a single person's end. Uh, so their own audio generally sounds fine. It's everyone else's audio that sounds really muddled, like it's coming through Skype, because it is. So what we do is we have everyone record it on their own end as well, and then they send their, their files to us afterward, and we, we sync it up and compile it into a single video. And then what we also do is we usually also um, do additional editing, which some people don't do as well. And you can't really do if you record it all on a single Skype call. So what we do is, or uh, I don't know what Derek's exact process is, I'm sure it's similar <laughs> to mine, but, uh, like, if people talk over each other, I will try to remove that. So, I'll, you know, sometimes someone gets cut off. I'll take out the person being cut off so he can hear it better as a viewer. And they'll take out, like, awkward silences, which are just there. Sometimes not even intentionally, just how from Skype operates. People are getting the sound slightly delayed than others. So we clean up the audio, make it sound a little bit better, a little bit more natural. And then we put it out to you as a final product. So that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much my process i mean i can't even imagine recording it all at once now i like having individual ones because you could have moments where there's something going on in the background and i could easily just cut out that background noise and if they're not talking at least right and that makes it really simple or yeah when everybody's talking over each other like i listen back and like oh that person had a really good point we did not hear it because we were talking over each other so i'll just sort of slightly extend a discussion pop in in where they'd be natural uh for it to talk about and sort of Make sure everybody's voice is heard, uh, and that's the big thing. As far as uh, organization, uh, like I remember when we first started doing this, I had like every time we do a discussion, I make a list of like I want to hit this point, I want to hit this point, I want to hit this point, and try to make sure to have everything. Now I just sort of like let's just have a conversation. <laughs> you know, I, if I miss something, I miss it. But you know, it'd be kind of cool if we would have talked about that. But I feel like it flows much more naturally if I wasn't trying to hit each bullet point. And sometimes I still act like that, uh, where I don't want to forget anything uh, for certain discussions like whenever new pokemon stuff comes out i want to hit every little detail because you know we want to be thorough for that but um yeah i I like how we have sort of this like here's the setup this is what we're going to do 
feel free, you know, go nuts. <laughs> yeah, just talk, I mean, talk about whatever you want. It is kind of pretty free form, but yeah, it depends on the subject. You know, when I come up with a, if I have a list of points I want to hit, like with our predictions, for instance, that's something we, you know, oh, yeah, we, we all prepare. To. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all prepare in advance. It's a little bit hard to completely wing those. I mean, you can, but it's not quite as good, I think. So yeah, acquire, acquire a bit more editing. <laughs> Indeed, yep. Yeah, uh, it's, I will say one of the things I most commonly do is take out a bunch of uhs and ums. <laughs> I used to do that way more. I I've gotten a little bit lazy about it in, in some of my latest <laughs> discussions. So I mean, it, yeah. it, it depends on how how soon I want something up to. Like if it's really big, I or if it's really a hot topic, I'm a little bit less uh, anal with, with the edits, and I just kind of get up in a more raw version. Which people don't seem to mind, really. So it really depends. Um, also depends on the length. If a discussion is like an hour long, I'm not going to go, you know, sit there and edit every little bit. But I've done that before because yeah, <laughs> I am that because I, I am that anal at times. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it does depend. I am too sometimes. It depends on how well it works. I mean, by and large, our discussions, what you hear is basically how it was recorded. It's just minor nips and tucks throughout mm-hmm. um i will be straight up though there are times where i've cut like entire monologues for me but, like, i'll listen back to myself like i'm actually pretty self-conscious about how i come across I'm, like what the hell was i talking about there and i'll cut it out <laughs> entirely <laughs> i'll just move on to the next point yeah uh it's, it's yeah sometimes you go on a topic and you're like is this actually interesting it's like, well no, it's just- sometimes you say something it doesn't lead anywhere uh, you know, you just want to float an idea, and sometimes it goes absolutely nowhere, and I'll cut that out. It's like a TV show. Like, you can, you know, uh, during these interviews on late-night shows, you can sometimes tell where they edit it and cut out a big chunk, because presumably it wasn't that compelling, and they'll move on. Or also for time reasons, too. And same thing for us. Uh, they'll move on to the next thing. Like, in some of our, I think, I can't remember what discussion, maybe it was our predictions. Like, I think that, uh, that in total was, God, I think it was almost two hours that I recorded, I, I forget what the final video length was. Maybe it was an hour and a half. But I probably cut 20 minutes from that recording time. Um, I think I just speeds it up, just makes it a little bit more faster, get to each point a little bit quicker. So, <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. And th- th- then the whole thing is, like, I'm actually kind of curious about this because, you know, we, we do make a point of having video or pictures that are related to the topic, which adds in time. Like, I'm kind of curious if people actually actually watch the pictures or do they just sort of put it on in the background and listen to it as they do other things i'm honest i honestly don't know but that's a good I, one we're just completely I, wasting our time by trying I, to match yeah. up footage sometimes yeah, exactly like you can tell you can tell if we're rushed or lazy if we just have a single image throughout the entire discussion because otherwise we typically have something matching up to what we're talking about yeah exactly <laughs> so i guess that's just a Peek behind, peek behind the veil. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think as a viewer, discussions seem like they're the easiest thing in the world to put together. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like, relatively, they're not that bad for us to do. But we do put, like, a lot more time into them that I think may come across. So, because we are, you know, we are making those small edits. We are uh, matching up footage sometimes. Not all the time. Like, you know, again, sometimes we use a single image. Or if we switch topics constantly, it's impossible to match footage. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I think for our Switch discussion, I just I looped that trailer a bunch of times. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, I, I'd say probably the easiest video, at least for me to do, is probably Game & Watches. Because you just make sure you have a uh, point where the, you can match up the, your audio with the video, slap them together, render it out, done. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Yeah, Game & Watches are, are pretty much easiest to do. Because it's, it's just basically a live stream that you record. I mean, it's basically a live stream, just not live. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So, uh, yeah. Uh, well, my my first topic, I guess, is kind of related to that. I don't know. 
But <laughs> my topic comes my first topic comes from Abo, who wants to know, have you ever thought about making some Game Explained merchandise? For example, putting your logo on t-shirts for people to buy, because I want one or two. Which, Andre, I've been on you for this for a while now. <laughs> like we should do like at least limited runs of merch. So we I do. Picked this topic. We have a store, bro. We see you don't advertise it at all. <laughs> uh, nor, the, nor do you. Well, that's because I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you knew now, or you know now, and you knew before. Okay. Well, wait. You didn't know before. <laughs> all I know is that so often you show up and like here's a new, here's a new version of our shirt. So right. here you go. Uh, but no. It, do it okay advertise it <laughs> uh, yeah so we do have a store right now you can uh there's a pencil icon on our channel page that'll take you to our store where you can buy um you can't buy our our just our logo on a shirt it's the ones we wear at e3 um mm. and other gaming conventions so yeah you can go do that right now um the reason i haven't ever i don't know why i haven't really advertised it like i, I feel like i want a more complete store before i really advertise it uh, and we have like nothing else. I mean, because we, it takes time to make the merchandise, and you have to get you, know, you have to figure out what you want on the shirt. You have to actually make it. Um, and Tom's the one who does all our art design. He's really great at that. And I know he wants to do more stuff for us too. It just, uh, I don't know. We're already so busy as is. It just takes work. And even advertising, like I'm not a huge fan of blatantly advertising things in general. Yeah, so, I, I totally get that. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm not just at a place where I'm like super happy with. The store in general, like the shirt's fine. The shirt's good quality. So if you want to order our logo on a shirt, you can go do, you can go do that right now. <laughs> um, in fact, you know what's really funny? There's a story about this. I guess is uh, at, before our most recent logo, we had another shirt that was just the Game Explain logo, like the old the old just logo. You know, the, the, just a word Game Explain on a shirt. Uh, it didn't look particularly great. It was a little bit hard to see because it was uh, it was small and. It just I don't know, it didn't really stand out. It was silver it was, and black. <laughs> yeah, it's the ones we used to wear though every, everywhere. And so last year at PAX, yeah, PAX Prime, I guess. Yeah, I guess it must have been PAX Prime. Mm-hmm. Um I was on the stage show for GameSpot. Uh and during the break in during the break in between segments, um uh, one of our fans came up, like a fan and his mom came up. And uh, she, she was like, hey, my son's a huge fan. And I look over at him, and he's wearing a Game Explained shirt. And that's something we never publicly put up for sale. Um, I guess what he must have done is he must have just gone on to, I think it was Cafe Press, looked for Game Explained, and come, came across our store, which we never advertised. We just used it for our own internal purposes to, to, you know, to buy the shirts ourselves to wear in public. Um, I thought that was really awesome that he did that. Like, <laughs> I felt bad. I'm like, man, I wish we had a better shirt for you to wear. Yeah. Uh, but it was really cool that he, he was wearing that shirt and that he was such a big fan to do that. And he took a picture with us or with me up on stage. So that was just, I don't know, that was really cool to see. So, um, you know, if I, uh, I should probably send them, I should just send them one of our better shirts. Like, dude, you bought one of our original run. Here you go. You deserve this. <laughs> Have something a little better quality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Man, if I go, man, that actually reminds me what I should probably do if I go to, uh, well, if I'm planning, I'm hoping to go to, uh, too many games 2017 this again this year. It means as long as it's not the same week as, uh, as E3, right? E3, I, I should be able to go. Uh, I, I, and I also want to try to actually set up a, our first panel. It, it would just be me because Andre and Ash would not be flying all the way out to Pennsylvania for a, that kind of con, especially so soon after E3. Um, but maybe I should print out some shirts and like hand out during a pan during a panel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally, right? Something, yeah. That'd be something, having a panel. Yeah, it's sort of weird to think about, because I've, I've 
never thought about it in that terms. Terms like, huh? Me on a panel? That just doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's weird. I mean, it, it wouldn't be much different than what we already do, and yet it feels way different. Like, I mean, we talk, you know, we talk to an audience all the freaking time, uh, but there is something different about doing it live versus, <laughs> you know, pre-recorded yeah. or even on a live stream. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So, eh, things to think about. But there you go, Abbo. If you want to get shirt and get the shirt, there's the link. I just go to a YouTube page and click on that. And uh, hope maybe I should advertise that more. <laughs> it's like coming up at Christmas. You want to get yourself a Christmas gift? <laughs> there you go. We need, we need to make Game Explain uh, Christmas versions of our shirts. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> get Tom on that. Should be just a giant like ornament. <laughs> there you go. Actually, that'd be kind of cool using the um, logo and put it on a ball, like an actual ornament. That'd be kind of kind of neat. No, that actually would be pretty neat. An actual like, <laughs> 3D spherical. <laughs> <laughs> GX logo. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Let's do it. <laughs> nice. So what's your other topic, Andre? Uh, the Fool on the Hill asks, I recently had a pretty bad experience with Megabus and never intend to use their services ever again. Have you ever had any frustrating or terrible experiences with any public or private service that stick out in your mind because of the degree of unprofessionalism and unfairness displayed by the service provider? You don't have to name any specific names if you don't feel like it. Well, um, the fool on the hill, I this is a perfect topic for me because I am a big person. Like, I am big on principle. I am all about principles. And so if a business, if a business does me wrong... Uh, I, I am going to complain about it. And your post specifically hits home because F Megabus. F <laughs> Megabus. They are I, one of the worst companies in the world. I hate Megabus. They are a giant piece of shit that <laughs> I will never deal with again. Sorry, Derek. Were you going to say something, Derek? I was going to say, as soon as I saw this topic when I was going to searching for my own and I saw this, like, that's totally an Andre topic. <laughs> oh, they are they are complete garbage as a company. Um, so what happened in my specific instance is I was trying to get Ash up here. He lives in L.A., so about a six-hour drive from San Francisco. Trying to get up him, trying to get him up here for a Nintendo event because it was dealing with a game that he was more familiar with, and I, you know, I generally like having people who are familiar with the games handle our preview coverage. So uh, the the most economical you know way to do this last minute was Megabus. Uh, I think it was like maybe sixty seventy dollars round trip to get him up here and back. Uh, what ended up happening is uh, I think. I forget the exact details, but I think his bus left late. But he he got on it, and it it uh, just fell apart like half like half an hour outside of L.A. So um, it just broke down completely. Pull over to the side of the road, and I guess they had to wait. I think they were there for like an hour or something, maybe Ugh. even longer. And it was like in the it was super hot that day, like maybe 80, 90 degrees. I want to say I can't again. I can't remember the exact details. I just remember him complaining. There was no water on the bus. They had no water or anything. Anyways, eventually, I guess, a mechanic came out, I believe, they fixed up the bus, and they got going again. Broke down, like, another like, 20 minutes later or something, on the side of the road, road again for hours, and Megabus, during all this time, by the way, they were they evidently had no updates on anything. They they didn't know what was happening, they didn't know how when they were going to get back on the road, if they were going to get back on the road. Eventually, they had to send out a second bus to pick up everyone, and at this point, this is already... I think three or four hours later. Again, I'm getting, I'm forgetting the minor details here. But <laughs> Ash was Ash was upset. The, the whole experience was terrible. And at this point, he's like, you know, it's not worth it for me to come up there now anymore. And I'm like, dude, I don't blame you. And so he ended up calling his wife and having her pick him up, which she did. I think before the replacement bus even got there. 
Uh, anyway, so after all this, you know, with all this going on, I called Megabus and, uh, you know, I asked for a refund because they didn't uphold their end of the bargain. Um, they didn't get asked to a destination at all. And even though they may have eventually, it was to such a degree that it was ridiculous. Like, he... I mean, he almost could have just walked it faster at that point. <laughs> okay, I said that's a little bit of hyperbole. A lot yeah. of hyperbole, but whatever. You know my point. Um, so I called Megabus, asked for a refund. They were only willing to give a refund for for that portion of the service, not the second half of the journey being the round trip back, even though he, he can't take it if he didn't get to his first destination. So I thought this was ridiculous. And um, so I complained about this to Megabus, and I asked for a supervisor, and as soon as I did that, they hung up on me. So I called back, and they hung up on me again. Anytime I would ask for a supervisor, and I wasn't being, and I wasn't being out of line at all. I mean, I started getting a little bit testy after the third time they hung back, uh, 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 hung up on me, uh, which didn't help. They just cut, ton- or it didn't matter, but they kept hanging up on me. And so, um, yeah, so I, I tweeted about it, of course, and I retweeted from Game Explain, which I almost never do. <laughs> I, I keep Game Explain pretty much independent of my own personal views. In this case, I didn't care. I retweeted that just to spread the word that Megabus is a horrible company. And if you go to their, they made a video about a year ago now. It was new at the time, um, like advertising their new service or new bus. I don't even know what it was. It was a new advertisement. I made a comment as Game Explain, just calling them out as a terrible service. It's still up there to this day. I don't know why they haven't deleted it. Their PR or YouTube portion is probably so incompetent. They even know the comments there. <laughs> uh, that's the only way I can I can describe to it still being there. Um, or maybe they're like, you know, whatever. He has a point. Maybe the people, maybe maybe the people there understand where I'm coming from. But they are a horrible company. Don't ever deal with Megabus. They are the worst. I did take. Uh, Bolt Bus instead uh, a few months ago, and they seem to be better, but I also haven't dealt with them in the same degrees. So I can't say for sure that it would, I wouldn't have a similar experience. But based purely on my experience, Bolt Bus seems to be the better company, um, but I would strongly advise you never to deal with Megabus. They suck. They suck. They're the worst. I never want to deal with them again. I never will deal with them again. They are the worst company I've ever dealt with. <sighs> Feel better? No. <laughs> F Megabus. They are the worst. I'm still just angry. I'm just getting angry thinking about it again. F Megabus. See what you did, Fool on the Hill? <laughs> I know. I'm just angry now. Like, I'm not even feeling happy about it or relieved. They just suck. I, I'm i trying to think. I, if I ever dealt with unprofessionalism, I've always, always been on sort of like a minor scale. I am very fortunate enough not to have dealt with anything that is just truly aggravating. At least nothing that sticks out in my mind. Um, but I've heard horror stories from plenty of other people. I've just been fortunate enough not have to go through that same sort of process. So, unfortunately, I don't have any details. But Andre, I think, more than made up for it by having uh, that uh, tale of uh, woe. <laughs> so, wait, you, you never had, you never really had like a, an experience that stood out to you with a company, like whether <gasps> like you never had to call up someone and they weren't able to. Like appease you in the way you 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 think would have been more fitting I, to the situation. Well, okay, actually, the close uh, closest I was thinking, I was thinking, I was thinking more of services. Um, last year, when I was doing my, uh, uh, you know, I'm one. Uh, you know, I use the Affordable Care Act, so I have get get insurance and all the health insurance and all that way, and you know, I have to, uh, do all that. But it was a process and a half trying to get myself. Away from my old my old one because they were just automatically signing me up for a new life insurance, which was t- a terrible program because the old one that I was part of just did not exist. And I was like, okay, I need to get a brand new one. This old one does not work. But because I was under the auto pay function, I had to just work, like 
constant calls back and forth to try to get them to get get me off the program. I had to send in like a written letter and everything else like that, like handwrite it, which I thought was ridiculous. I couldn't just send an email or anything like that. No, they wanted me to handwrite it and either fax it or mail it to them in order to get off the auto mail program in order for me to actually change insurance companies. And at first it seemed like they lost a dang thing and I had to wait an extra two weeks and like, like, did they find it? Did they locate it? And I had to call them back to have them search for it. And eventually they finally found it and got me, uh, 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 you know, away from that program and onto the new one. So when I signed up for it for the next one, I made sure not to be part of the auto pay program. I was just like, you know, it's convenient to have it just take out of my checking account each month, but I'll, I'll write the check and do it that way because at least I'll be able to easily switch over. You know, even if they can't like get away from the program, if I stop paying, they're going to stop supporting me, so I don't have to worry about it anymore. So hopefully, this year, getting my new health insurance will be a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah, you're you're you are right. You really have a story for this. <laughs> <laughs> I, told, I told you, I told you, I am boring and lucky. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I am boring, boring and lucky. It's fair so. enough. That's fair enough. No, that, that sounds like that sounds like just an, an annoying experience. Yeah, but, it's uh, it's more annoying than like curse you and the horse you rode in one type thing. Have you, you know? seen? You never had a bad experience like any kind of game company, like you know, uh, service related, for instance, like a system breaking down and uh, them not repairing it, maybe or no, I've, I've not really had a system breakdown. Okay, or if I, if it did break down, it'd be like beyond the uh, warranty, so I just have to get a new one. Right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, overall, I'd say pretty pretty decent. Like, there's nothing that stands out as absolutely horrible for me. Um, well, that's good. I mean, that sounds even fortunate. I know I've had other experiences. I can't remember. I can't really remember them off the top of my head. Like, Mega Bus is the one that is the one I go to now. Like, that's <laughs> that part just overwrote everything else in my memory of any other bad experience I've had with the company. Because Mega Bus is just the worst. Hanging up on people is ridiculous. Like, I worked at Nintendo in the call center. We, you couldn't do that. Like, we, I'm, I'm sure some people did occasionally, but you weren't supposed to. Uh, and that, as far as I know, that, that really didn't happen. And I, you know, I didn't. Except, mm. okay, I, might, I actually may have once. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, that's only when someone's being completely unreasonable, which I wasn't being. The, these people were just hanging up on me for just asking to speak to a supervisor, which they didn't have or wouldn't let me. I mean, they must have. They wouldn't let me speak to them, though, so. Yeah, yeah. that's not suspicious at all. Like, I, I will not be, like, my die, like, I will, I, I cannot die until Megabus is dead as a company. That's my goal. <laughs> I cannot leave this earth until Megabus is destroyed. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, my topic comes to me from – my second topic, I should say, comes from Peter who says, first let me say that I love the Halloween streams this year. So thank you very much for that. Technically, uh, uh, Ash was part of the Hollow stream stuff too. We just sort of worked in his finale as well. I mean, Lavos is scary, right? That's an Eldritch Horror. Oh, yeah. Um, But anyway, he says, and my question is about Derek's stream. Uh, During my stream, I said that – well, D- Derek said in his stream that he liked Luigi's Mansion 2's gameplay-wise uh, more than the first game. I do kind of agree with him after replaying the games. Uh, but I was wondering, what do all of you think about which game has the better atmosphere and characters, ghosts, and why do you think that? So I, I wanted to expand this and just have, like, now that I've finally played both Luigi's Mansion and Dark Moon, I wanted to sort of do a compare and contrast and see which is better. So for me personally... I 
I I am actually kind of surprised just how different the first Luigi's Mansion and Dark Moon is from each other. Like, there's a lot of similarity similarities, of course, but they're so different in in so many key ways. And I think for that, I mean, just based on my experience with Luigi's Mansion, while I had a ton of fun playing it, I do think Dark Moon is the better experience. There's more. Of, there's a. I mean. Obviously, there's a little bit more variety because there's a little bit longer. It's a little bit longer, but I also find the controls to be a lot easier to deal with. I, I was having a heck of a time with the controls with the original Luigi's Mansion. I think that might have been because um, I, I so I went. Does it require I went, skill? No, I think my. I, I know this sounds wrong, but I think my controller was screwed up. Oh my god, you're not uh, no, going there. No, I'm totally going there because <laughs> I during the stream, and people can do this, I was pushing the Z button to get my menu to come up to see like the ghost profiles. I had to push the very edge of it as hard as I could for it to come up. And it was this is the Smash Brothers controller that I got. So it's the newest controller I had. And I think what might have happened is that I might have mixed up my Smash controller with a friend's Smash controller uh, during the, my vacation. And... I ended up with his because he plays Smash all the time, and I think he probably wore out the controller. So I now I have I have his crappy one, which made it I think the, the game a lot more uh, just difficult, or else I was just doing terrible. One of the two. <laughs> well, uh, so wait, it sounded like so bring up the uh, the Game Boy the Game Boy Horror is what you're having trouble with, right? But mm-hmm. did it affect? I'm like, not sure. Uh, I, it might have affected the C stick as well. I'm not sure. Hmm. Because I, like, I, I did see, I, I did have a few people talk to me about, it seemed like you were having a lot of trouble with the C-Stick. And I, maybe it was just because I was getting the hang of it or whatnot, because what it, you know, it was the first time. But I just was having no luck with that at all. And it was, which is funny, considering I still was able to get an A rank. Just go figure. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that was impressive. I saw that. I'm like, damn, that, that's actually really hard to do your first time. So. <laughs> uh, I was getting a lot of help from the chat. But yeah, I do, I do like the ghost-sucking mechanic in... Uh, Dark Moon more than um, the original. See, um, I mean that's that's surprising to me because in Dark Moon, there's like not much to it. You know, you you use your strobe light, you mm-hmm. start you know you start sucking them. God, this sound. There's no way to talk about this. That's <laughs> no, there's horrible. no. For, forgive uh, the innuendo. <laughs> and I mean that's it. Like you just hold back on the control stick, and it's so it's simple. It's it's there's not much to it. That's why that's why I like the GameCube one because it feels more involved. Like it feels like you're fishing. You have to you're tugging back constantly on these ghosts. It takes coordination with both control sticks. Like it's harder, yeah, by design. It's well, okay, maybe not. I mean, it's hard by design. It's not harder by design. I think the Luigi's Mansion Two wasn't out at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Though Luigi's Mansion Two is easier by design. I mean, they also had to, but they only had one control stick to work with on most of the systems. Uh, I find it less engaging. I prefer it on the GameCube. It felt like these were actual battles, um, especially when you're going against these portrait ghosts. And we should we should bring up here. I mean, you're you're, you're addressing the game on a macro level, but he specifically is asking about the atmosphere, characters, and ghosts mm-hmm. as well. Um, so we should probably get to that too. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I but just... like, I, as part of that though, is that the reason I bring that up is because the portrait ghosts they're all very unique. Uh, they're all very different. Each one of them is basically a mini boss battle. Well, there's like 50, aren't there like are there like thirty or fifty of them in the game? Do you remember there? Uh, I, th- I think there's only like fifteen. Oh, are there only fifteen portrait ghosts? I think so. There's not. I thought there's. 
Yeah, there's not definitely not thirty. I know that. For okay, a fact. I, I thought. Yeah, it's been a long time I played the game, but uh, I, I want to say actually, like, it actually f- hasn't been that long. Fifteen to twenty, I want to say around that. Is range. it really okay? Hold on, I have to look this up now. Portrait, <laughs> ghost, list, Luigi's Mansion. I swore it got is more than that, but you might be right. Well, remember, there's oh. some some multiple like you got the ten soldiers. They count as only one portrait. You got the twins. They only count as one portrait. Okay, it looks uh, like it, go, it looks like there's twenty three portraits in total. Um, okay. Including including Bowser and yeah, I guess like, some of them are like multiple multiple ghosts. So um, okay, that, that sounds about right to me. Mm-hmm. But that's I mean, each one of those is basically a boss battle, and uh, and it, so it made it made I don't know it, it I mean not just them even the normal ba- even the normal ghosts like I just found it so rewarding like I felt like you had to work for it. I mean it felt like it basically felt like Ghostbusters like you felt like a <laughs> go- Luigi the Ghostbuster out there trying to suck up these ghosts. And it felt like a process, and I love that. Uh, whereas in Dark Moon, it's you know it, they just felt like enemy encounters. Like it felt like encountering a Goomba in a Mario game. Mm-hmm. Now just, I will I will grant you the portrait the portrait ghosts are standouts, but I think the normal ghosts are much better in Dark Moon. I I, I think they're a lot more interesting than the ghosts that you have to encounter during um, during the original. So, I mean, it's weird. If you if you compare it on a one to one ratio like that, I'd agree. Like a lot of people hate on Dark Moon simply because they you know they repeat the same ghost over and over and over. Uh, I I didn't feel as strongly about that as some may have, but I think taken on the whole, like I don't think you need to separate it like that because Luigi's Mansion with so many portrait ghosts, you know, popping up so frequently, like mm-hmm. I, I felt like the more standard ghosts were fine. Um, whereas Dark Moon. There were no portrait ghosts. You only had those standard ghosts that would just pop up over and over and over again in slightly different roles. So I think taking on the whole, like the ghost variety in the, in the original Luigi's Mansion was a lot better. And combined mm-hmm. with the controls, you know, I, I I just felt like it worked. I, I enjoyed it more in the original. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, Dark Moon wasn't. I mean, I like Dark Moon too. I gave it a good review, but I don't know. I think it, so. Let me let, let me you know, let me address one of his questions in terms of atmosphere. I think the original game has it. Oh no, like, I, I I totally agree with that. Yeah, like I love just going through a single mansion, having uh you know having it unlock or unfold slowly throughout the course of the game with more of it becoming available to you. Like it allows it to build this this atmosphere that no that Dark Moon can't because you're you're hopping between mansions constantly in Dark Moon, and that really prevents it from ever build you know ever being able to build up a really uh like um. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, foreboding atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels. I mean, it kind of feels like an arcade version of Luigi's Mansion. Uh, not, you know, that's selling it a little <laughs> bit short, but yeah, it's a more, you know, more action focused uh, version of Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, like I said, it's a completely different feel because of the multiple mansion mansions and the lack of portrait ghosts. Um, but I, I like, like I said, I like the variety. Like if if they just took that single mansion uh, from the original and had something like that in the game as well as long as as well as like mini mansions that you went into for the other variety i think it would have worked a little bit better but it's also hard to build up that kind of atmosphere on the on the 3ds um but i will say what's kind of was really surprising to me because of just how much personality luigi had in dark moon how little little he had in the original there is funny there is there is nothing to him he gets scared a few times. He creeps out a little bit. He's so nervous. It's, it's weird to hear you say that because that's arguably the first game that really gave Luigi a personality. 
Um, mm-hmm. Besides and, and, Paper and Mario, maybe. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure at the time that was a huge development for a Mario character to have at least that those kind of traits. But they expand upon it so much in in Dark Moon. Yeah, I don't know if I disagree. Yeah, I probably disagree. I mean, also partially, Dark Moon is a much longer game too, so there was. But more I, time I mean, to... take take that little stretch of time just and what Luigi does and like. Any time section of time that take uh, any six hour stretch of Dark Moon and compare it to what Luigi does in the original still does not you know the time you don't I don't think matters because there's just these little character moments where Luigi yeah he's scared but he's also a little bit silly <laughs> I yeah. kind of can get behind that Luigi you know, is at his most likable in this game yeah Dark Moon had more cutscenes I think yeah Dark Moon offers like a refined Luigi like in in Luigi's Mansion there were. Again, that was like the first time in a 3D game he he really had a personality. Mm-hmm. It's also like one of the first times he ever even appeared in a 3D Mario game or <laughs> Luigi True. game, I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, NS, or NST, next level games, like they are so great at uh, at giving their games and their characters character. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Mario Strikers gave us a very different look at these Mario characters. <laughs> and it was hilarious. Punch Out, another fantastic, another fantastic job. You know, they, I mean. The original Punch Out for its time did a pretty decent job at that, but uh, their version Punch Out, uh, Punch Out on Weed, took it to the next level, literally. I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that's what they're and, for. And they did a great job with Dark Moon too. So I, I would probably agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Um, they did develop Luigi farther, uh, but I think Luigi's Mansion had a great base to start off with, mm-hmm. and I have no, I didn't have any problems going back to that game. I, I would love to see a sequel more in the vein of that game than in the Dark Moon vein. Yeah, it, it, I would actually. Agree with that. Like I said, I I think it might, it might even just because I played it first, and I just have that fondness for it. I mean, if you to be fair, you can never discount that. That's probably affecting me too. It's mm-hmm. it's something you can't you can't disassociate from. Yeah, it, it's really difficult to do that sort of thing. But I I I like a lot of things. Like I don't even didn't I didn't mind the ghost dog. I didn't mind escorting the toads. It gave toads some personality, which was nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. to see them do some crazy things. Like I I'm a sucker for that kind of thing where you just get like get more characterization from these characters uh just seems redundant but yeah <laughs> uh but yeah from a sequel i would love to see well especially now it's on the switch they so could just take it wherever we want but if we get a third one on the switch i wanted to take some of the ideas that they learned from dark moon and apply it to the formula of the original luigi's mansion make the make the mansion even bigger and mm-hmm. more to do with like have something maybe not portrait ghost but something equivalent to the portrait ghost or something to that effect uh, there's a lot of ways they could take this formula and really refine it and take the good th- the good aspects of both the original and dark moon to make a superb game like i i fully believe the luigi's mansion property has so much potential i really hope they don't stop after dark moon but i think that did well for them yeah i mean well it's called it's called luigi's mansion not luigi's mansions um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think I think there's a lot more they can do with the concept of a single mansion. Like they could get, I mean, just by increasing the real estate. Like if they make, like some of my favorite parts of Luigi's Mansion is when you go outside <clears throat> the mansion and explore like the, the grounds and mm-hmm. you know with the the elements outside of the house itself. And I think there's so much more they could do with that. Like you could have a more elaborate garden. You could have, a, you know, different like maybe a shed you can go into that's sizable. Um, I do think there's a lot more they could play around with that. Uh, too, to make it even more, you know, a more 
in enveloping experience. Wouldn't it be amazing if they took like the idea of the Spencer Mansion and what that was like in the original Resident Evil and apply that to Luigi? <laughs> that would be amazing, exactly. Yeah, you just like have all these like you find these like a secret lab area. There's a greenhouse area, so you have all these tropical plants. You have the traditional area. You have like you could you could still work in all these sort of the variety that Dark Moon has. Like oh my oh my, there happens to be a cave like. Hmm, this is Batman's ma- mansion, so there's this cave around or something like that. I don't know. I uh, mean, well, along those lines, too. Yeah, I mean, Dark Moon did touch on those. And I, I want to say, too, like, I feel like almost like each one of the Dark Moon's mansions could have almost been expanded to their own game. Mm-hmm. Like, my main my main issues is just more the structure of the game, where you, you go from mansion to mansion, and, like, you know, it's mission-based, and it kind of interrupts, like, the flow that I felt like the original mansion did so well. So yeah. I think if you combine those two ideas as you're touching on, that would be, be great. Yeah, I, I think it was kind of held back that, like, that mission-based structure had to be done because it was a portable game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what holds it back from that because, no, like I said... Like I said, these are two very good games with that are that are part of the same series that are essentially completely different, other than the main idea of sucking up ghosts. <laughs> it is weird. I mean, they're they're very similar and very different at the same time. It's I mean, in, in that sense, like I give them credit. Like I like games. You know, I'm, I'm I like that they did tr- that they did try something different. Uh, it's just that it doesn't always hit every cylinder. But again, I like mm-hmm. Dark Moon, so yeah. um, it was a good game. It just you know when you when you compare and contrast like this, it's. It, you know, it's always going to make one game sound like way sound way worse than it actually is. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I want to stress how I love both of these, but I just think Dark Moon and it's the, my experience with it. It just slightly edges out the like the original Luigi's Mansion. But again, I had so much fun streaming that with everybody, exploring that stuff. Like I I do like how like it's weird. Cash has more of a point in um in uh, Dark Moon, but it's more fun to collect in the original. Because like, you wouldn't normally worry about, like, a score, but getting that house at the end does feel like a nice reward for collecting all that money and trying to find as much as you can. It's it's I, weird. Yeah, I, I just loved how the money handles in the GameCube one, like how it slowly floats around if it's the dollar bills, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, you know, I, I think... I think everything just came together really well in the GameCube one. Like, the, the lighting, how you can see, like, particles floating in the air that Luigi's uh, flashlight highlights... Uh, how the physics felt right, like with the money, you could suck, you know, the money around. You would, you know, it would bounce around. Well, maybe not realistically, but it felt mm-hmm. realistic in that environment. Um, I just loved how you interacted, like everything using Luigi's vacuum. Like it's such, it, it's weird how, like, pretty much everything you inter- interacted with, with to some degree just by sucking it up. Or like the cloth physics in that game were so great. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, just everything came together for me in the original Luigi's Mansion that I really, I really enjoyed it, despite being a very short game. Yeah, I, I. I I will say though, <laughs> well, I'm actually curious. What do you prefer? Which do you prefer, uh, Boo Hunting in the original or Dark Moon? <laughs> I don't remember. I, I, I don't remember Dark Moon. How did it work in Dark Moon? Dark Moon, you had to use the dark light in order to highlight them and then uh, suck them up by the tongue and. Oh yeah! Right, right, right. So it was again less involved, but it could get really annoying in Luigi's Mansion, especially no, when they it went did. to. Like, you have to go, like, around rooms, like, because the way the mansion was structured. Oh, my God. It just took forever to just get them. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Boo Hunting sucked in the original. Um, God, the fact maybe I don't remember as much in Dark Moon means it sucked less in that game. <laughs> yeah, but it also didn't stand out, which is... Yeah, it didn't. I mean, yeah, it... it I, you know what? I actually really like the idea... I forget. Could they move around Dark Moon 2 to different rooms? 
They, I don't think they could. I, I, I like that idea. I think there's potential with that idea. Um, I just don't know if I want to do it 50 times with every boo in you know like the original, <laughs> in the original game. Um, but I love the idea of these enemies being able to move around between rooms. And I wish, like, I think that's something they could play around with a lot more. Like maybe having an enemy that could actively attack Luigi through these rooms too, instead mm. of being confined to each of their rooms. So I would love for them to do more with that. Uh, just maybe not in, in you know not with the booze again <laughs> or maybe structure the mansion a little bit better so it's not quite as annoying <laughs> yeah i mean that too so like yeah i was like okay they can move to that left room but maybe have them go down to this room and then go to that room that way at least it's a natural flow yeah exactly uh, that, that kind of thing um oh real quick i will say bosses are probably better than the original luigi's mansion then oh no question i think room. that's yeah the best boss in dark moon was the spider boss i think um, I don't remember the rest even now. Uh, there was the ice thing where you're shooting down that thing. There was a sort of like an enemy rush. Uh, I'm trying to remember the others. You know what? You, I did like the ice mansion. You just reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. Ice um, mansion I, was fun. I, I people have some problems with that, but I, like I said, I liked all the mansions in Dark Moon. I did. Yeah. I, I wish they just like merged them together, make one giant ass mansion with these different regions, and that would be that would be fantastic. I think. Mm. Especially they had the control scheme from the original. <laughs> <laughs> Again, 3DS and all that. So, yeah. yeah, what we that's I think that's what we determined is if we we get a the third game is an amalgamation of these two, we could look at a like the best Luigi's Mansion game. <laughs> oh, absolutely! I think there's I think there's great elements in both, and combining them it would make for the ultimate Luigi's Mansion experience. Yep. Yep. So cool. <sighs> but all right, I think that takes care of our. Uh, podcast this week episode 37 uh thank you guys so much for listening hope you enjoyed that little i, I don't even know if i'd call it the, uh, a luigi's mansion debate i guess just discussion <laughs> um but as always you guys can back us on patreon for just one dollar a month to get these podcasts three days early every friday and offer up topics like the ones we just uh well talked about <laughs> so uh thank you guys once again and of course stay tuned to game explained for more discussions information, Pokemon's coming, all kinds of stuff. So catch you guys next week. Bye.